Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, welcome in. This is Dan Miller. We're ready for another exciting, action-packed, great question-filled episode of 48 Days to the Work You Love. Boy, when I opened the email box this morning of questions, it just seemed like a damn broke. The questions that were there waiting to be addressed were almost overwhelming. I mean, you'll hear when I start listing some of the questions that we're going to address today. Well, hey, our sponsor today is Harry's, my friends at Harry's Razors. You hear me talk about them? You can use 48 days as a code to get $5 off your purchase. Tell you a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. But that's our sponsor for today. Glad to have them on board. Harry's.com, where I get my razors. Well, here's our theme for today. A positive mind repels a negative life. We got a whole lot of examples today of how a positive mind is necessary. Matter of fact, I had a couple of people ask about how I maintain my positivity, and I'm delighted to talk about that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But here's some of the questions that we've got for today. Can I blog about my ex-husband being a pornography addict? My 23-year-old son was hit head-on by a teenage driver back in December. What can he do for work? Does a person's weight and posture affect their self-confidence and in a resulting way, their career? How about this one? My younger brother is living his dreams and I feel pretty terrible because I am not. Dan, how did you handle the financial losses that were left in the wake of bad business? Well, you can see we got a lot to cover. Got some success stories we're going to start with today to get us off on a, a great start. Always thrilled to have those coming in. But here's our quotation for today. This comes from a teacher, Joyce Meyer, who said, you cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. Now, it seems we've been talking about that a lot lately. The negative mind, if you recall, last week's podcast was devoted totally to what if the negative person is your spouse? Now, I can... uh, Thank you again for your continued input and feedback on that important issue. That was last week's podcast. We're getting a lot of feedback on that. It went longer than the 48 minutes. It's about 77 minutes long because I had Joanne as my guest with me here to respond to the flood of input that we had from people, men and women, who are living with a positive or negative spouse and those who also identify themselves as the negative spouse and asking what they could do to quit being that way. And I hope that podcast was helpful. We're going to keep that in the archives for a long time, refer people to it because it's such a common question. But again, I would appreciate your feedback. But our quotation again is, you cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. Now, sometimes people think that they can just, well, you know, that's just the way I am. Well, I think it's a choice. I think we constantly have a choice as to whether or not we're going to see things in a positive or a negative way. I don't think it's ah, the old Popeye mentality. That's just the way I am. I think you can choose 
Well, some of the questions today will help address that as well. Hey, I'm just in Colorado visiting. Joanna and I went out there to visit Kevin, our oldest son, and his family. There's seven amazing children. Had some neat stories there that I'll weave into today's podcast as well, hopefully. But one of the things that I did was record a couple episodes of the Ziegler podcast, which is hosted by my son, Kevin. And the first one we did is, what's in the way of your hope? What gets in the way of your hope? Now, that one was just released July 3rd. You can find it easily in iTunes or just search The Ziegler Show, hosted by my son, Kevin Miller. But he had on as guest um, Zig's son, Tom, and me. We had a delightful time just addressing some listener questions there as well for what keeps you back from the hope that they really do have. Well, let me just tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. That's harrys.com. You know, you hear me talk about it. You know, it's handsomer, sharper, less expensiver. They got some really cool kind of taglines on their site. You can engrave your initials on the Chrome handle. I happen to have an orange one. That's the, the kind that I keep in stock in my office to give out to people. Just recently gave one to Aaron Walker. He was talking about it. He shaves his head. And I came into my office. We were having a mastermind meeting here. Walked into my office, grabbed one and gave him, blew him away. Um, But I I love to surprise people with that. And I already got a thank you from him about his fresh new experience using the Harry's razor. So just go to harrys.com and you can use 48 days as a code to get $5 off your purchase. Let's go to some success stories. Jeff Long is talking about his new podcast about online courses. Now, Jeff's been very involved in the 48 Days community for a long, long time. Does amazing video work, helping companies present themselves well through the use of video. But he's um, got this podcast where he's dealing with how to get your content up as an online course. Now, a lot of us are in that space, and I've got my mastermind course up on Udemy. You hear me talk about that once in a while. Uh, we're working aggressively to get all the content created for the new 48 days seminar, which will be ready September 1st. And yes, we welcome all of those of you who have been asking about if you can teach that we'd be delighted to have you as facilitators. We'll have more information for you just in the upcoming weeks about that, but it'll be ready September 1st. And yes, it's going to be available online. The options that we have today to put information online are pretty astounding. Jeff's got a new course on that. So you can go to 48days.net, check it out. He's got a new podcast, Jeff Long, the online course coach podcast. You can check that out there. Amy Flant, who just recently attended our coaching with excellence, the one we just did in May, says, I made my first sale of $1,000 for a course that I'm offering may also have a website gig. Things are starting to pop. I'm so inspired, proud to be part of this community. <laughs> and uh catalyst John from Lakeland, Florida says an article that the one and only Dan Miller inspired me to write was picked up by the good men project. This community has had an amazing impact in my life. Therefore I had to share this with you. Um, the article and it's really well done is how a plus one can be your ticket to success. Now in that, John talks about, he talks about me sharing so readily about my relationship with Dave Ramsey and how, you know, that 
fueled my success early on and hopefully helped his as well as we just shared ideas, shared resources, shared building community together. But he talks about that plus one factor article. Well done on the Good Men Project. Greg Gilbert says, I retired a few years ago as a human resource director of a large corporation. Since retiring, I have delivered keynote on keynotes on leadership seminars to thousands across the country. I also had a unique and fun way of learning with Mr. HR with a guitar. The question I've been asked for years is, do you have a book for years? And I mean, years I've said I'm working on one. My wife, Sandy and I attended the right to the bank here at the sanctuary in 2010. I was working on my book. I attended coaching with excellence in August, 2014. I was still working on my book. But after Coaching with Excellence, I was inspired. I rented a condo for a week, did nothing but work on the book. I left with only 20,000 words. Then a life interruption hit. I was diagnosed with cancer in October of 2014. There's no training for this. I'm very happy to say that after six months, three hospital visits, four surgeries, and plenty of prayers, I'm cancer-free. The most commonly asked question during my illness was, how are you doing? Fortunately, I was able to give the answer that contains the most hope. I'm getting better. I'm very aware that some cancer patients are never again able to say those words. I'm humbled and grateful to be better. So he goes on and talks about he's now going to title his book that, you know, getting better and the whole concept of getting better. He says, I credit Dan, Joanne and Ashley for her explanation of my disc profile, coaching with excellence with excellence and the dialogue on the 48 days community for the inspiration to finally complete my book. The Kindle version hit Amazon on June 9th. The print version is on the way. The potential for future volumes of betterment are endless. Info at powerofbetter.com. And that's Greg Gilbert. Congratulations, Greg, on making that happen, pushing through. You know, it's funny. I, I talked to a lot of people who have books in them. They want to write books and, Sometimes it tickles me when I ask somebody, you know, how long they've been working on a book? Oh, seven years. Well, that's a long time. I mean, if you really decide you want to write a book, I mean, I would encourage you to write a thousand words a day. Now, I just saw a post yesterday from Kamanzi Constable that he wrote for several websites that he's on. And then and he wrote 6,000 words for a book that he's working on right now. I think his fourth book. That, that's a lot, 6,000 words. But if you do a thousand words a day, I mean, that's like two blogs. If you do a thousand words a day in 30 days, you're going to have all you need for a book. That's 30,000 words. That is an average book. Now, a full length book like 48 Days to the Work You Love, that has 70,000 words in it, just to give you some kind of frame of reference. A lot of you have that. So that's 240 pages, you know, traditional size, hardback, 70,000 words. But if you write a thousand words a day, you ought to be able to complete a book in a month. That being what it would maybe be 150 pages long with some nice white space, some call outs with quotations and all. And that's really more popular size for books these days. Ed Yarborough commented in coaching with excellence as well. Uh, that's a group that we've got a very active group on 48days.net. He says, I joined the group a little over a year ago and my wife and I finished coaching with excellence and the DISC certification. I've been rather silent, but I had something happen the other night that kicked everything into high gear. Now listen about how this, you know, sometimes we have those defining moments. 
mean, Stephen Covey says we have, you know, he said that we have five defining moments in our lives. Dr. Phil talks about that as well. There are usually four or five defining moments. And Ed says, I was talking with a young man much younger than I about where he is in his life and where he's headed. During the course of the conversation, I realized I was looking at the younger version of me. We have a good relationship and, and called BS and some things he was saying. Then it hit hard. It's the same BS I used about some things in my life. Since then, things have gone to full production mode. I'm planning on launching my site at the end of this month. And it's hardwiredforliving.com. I'll have three blogs ready to load and at least one podcast. I'll offer coaching packages and use the disc profile to help people in their late 40s and on to transition into what should they should be doing in the most productive time of their lives. My narrow focus will be on ministers moving to additional outlets for their work. I'm also working on a book and want to do some speaking, but not just limited to the ministers and churches. The concept of finding what you are skilled, passionate, and gifted to do, combined with the life lessons you have learned to shape a future, knows no boundary. As a former pastor and radio personality, there are a great many areas I want to work in, so I'm going to ask this group for a lot of help to narrow some of it. Thanks in advance for your help and support. I'm here to do the same. Ed Yarborough. Great, great story about getting in the game. You know, one of the things I love about our coaching mastery program is seeing people who very quickly identify the goals they want to have to get up and run and get in the game. Yesterday I was working with uh, Michelle Hammonds, who's one of our newer coaching mastery students, and she's decided that she's going to be a creativity coach. So she's working in a job now. She's making well over, you know, six figures in a corporate job, but has a clearly defined path to transition out of that and duplicate that income and more with her creativity coaching. So she's very clear on what she's going to do, has her website up, Creativity Playground, and has listed the packages there and is starting to get traction and starting to create other products. And within six months, believe me, she's going to walk right through that process and be up and running. Now, I've got an audio message here. This comes from Alex Barker. I want you to listen to his success story. Hey, Dan, this is Alex Barker. Thank you so much for doing this podcast, for putting yourself out there. You were one of the first podcasters that I listened to three years ago, and you're the spark really towards my entrepreneurial journey. It's been three years of a lot of failures, but within the last 10 months, I've created a business and a system that is phenomenal. I mean, it's not only is it bringing in tons of revenue, but it's helping me pay off debt. It's helping me take my wife to the Bahamas later this year. And you're... You're the spark, man. You're you're so ins- inspirational, and I love this podcast. And to all the people out there, I just want to encourage you, keep hustling. Keep pushing every day to get your dream accomplished. You may not have success, success overnight. You may not even see anything two years down the road like I was seeing. But there's something great about incremental change over time. That's actually something I'm doing right now with uh, a podcast that I just launched called 66 Day Experiment. And it's a show all about where I'm reading a book a day, I'm exercising every day, and writing every day, and sharing the key lessons from people like you, Dan. In fact, uh, I'll be reading your book very soon with Joel Lewis coming up and, and sharing that in the podcast as well. So thank you, Dan. And if anyone wants to check out what I'm doing, I'd love it if they go to 66dayexperiment.com.
Well, there you go. How's that for an aggressive goal? Thanks, Alex, for that update. You know, three years pass quickly. Sometimes, you know, people say, well, how long is it going to take me to get to the success level that I want? Kent Julian tells a story about our, some of our initial conversations about seven years ago now. And he asked that question, how long is it going to take? And I said, what if it took a year? Would you do it? Oh, yeah. What if it took three years to make a full transition? You know, would you do it? And he said, well, I think so. I said, what if it took 10 years to make a full transition into what you want to be doing? Would you start it now and pursue that? He was like, wow, I'm not sure. And I said, Kent, 10 years are going to go by regardless. If you start toward the ultimate goal that you have, those 10 years are going to pass. At the time he was about, God, he was about 30 years old, I think. I said, you're going to be 40 years old. If at 40 years old, you have fully positioned yourself to be doing what you want to do, how cool would that be? And I really inspired him. And he made a full transition from being a, a denominational leader as a youth pastor into the coaching, speaking that he does today. He's extremely successful in that. I'd, uh, there, I could share some real specifics on what's happened, but he made a full transition in three years. And since that time has just skyrocketed as success speaking universities, colleges, he's got a brand new area that he's positioning himself in. He's written several books in that period of time, but absolutely, you know, living a dream life. He and his wife, Kathy buy one house every year, just as an investment property. Uh, if you know, just think about that in itself, being able to buy another investment property where it fully funds itself just because of keeping it rented do that for 15 years. What kind of position do you think that puts him in financially? Well, anyway, but I appreciate Alex sharing that. How's that for an aggressive goal? 66 day experiment, 66 days. And in that he's going to read a book every day, exercise, right? That's a pretty aggressive goal. I don't think I've ever done that, but check it out. 66 day experiment. Well, Hey, with that, we're going to bring in a little ditty here where we congratulate those who have moved into the category of being champions. I love getting those stories from you all about things that you've done, where you have been successful. So let us know what you're doing there. You can go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, and you'll see a little red starburst come up you can share your story there or you can simply shoot it in to me at askdan at 48days.com or you can leave an audio like alex did where you simply let us listen to the excitement in your voice about what it is that you're doing however you decide to share your story we'd be delighted to hear it well there we go that we're about a third of the way through that's my goal is to have about a third of the podcast sharing success stories that seems to be kind of a nice balance i love uh, squeezing in as many as we can in that period of time but now we're going to move into some of the tough questions that you all have asked this comes from kevin who says i've created my own 40 day workbook servant leader cheater and it's a simple concept with great thump value 80 pages single-sided thanks to being at right to the bank and no more mondays mondays you mentioned that you did a leadership training to get the ball rolling for residual income since I'm also planning on doing leadership training, I was wondering if you have any of those materials available for purchase or if you could point me in the right direction. 
I became DISC certified. We'll incorporate that into my business as well. I have a leadership background and want to help others become servant leaders so they can help grow their team, business, and themselves by giving purpose to what they do. I think that is an awesome way of doing things. And I also want to help stop all of the cat kicking that Ziegler talked about. Thanks. God bless Kevin. Well, uh, Kevin puts down here, are there any Sarasota treats you would like me to send you like homemade Amish cookies or candies from our famous restaurants? I already shot Kevin a note. I said, hey, man, some apple butter would be out of sight. I love the memories of my mama making apple butter. You know, which really is kind of funny because it came as a result of making applesauce. But if applesauce got a little too burned when you're cooking it, hey, that's not a problem. You don't throw it out. You just make apple butter. That's kind of the beginning of apple butter. So we always had lots of applesauce, which remains today one of my most favorite foods in the world. My grandkids kid me about the fact, you know, all of applesauce with, you know, scrambled eggs and pancakes. And it doesn't matter what it is. Applesauce is just a nice addition to that. But I already shot Kevin a note about that. And I also sent him my notes from when I was doing those leadership development seminars. I'm happy to do that. Just share those as a resource that he can use in any way that helps him. Because in those, I was using the DISC profile as kind of the core concept. And so it was essentially debriefing 20 managers at a time on their disc profile to show on them how they could maximize their leadership skills. Yeah. Hey, happy to do that. Now here comes, this is an audio question, tough one. Listen to this and you can help me kind of think this through. Hi, Dan. My name is Julie. I'm 53 and I graduated from college last month. I'm starting my own business. I'm the mother of five teenagers and I have a blog uh, where midlife, talking about midlife meets real life. So discussing my experiences and, and all my adventures. God uses, God says he uses our experiences to help other people. And part of my story is that I'm divorced and that my ex had an affair with my best friend. They're married now. Um, and that he was a pornography addict, which, which really affected our relationship. So these are all things that I feel that I can use to help other people and my story of my of forgiveness, journey of forgiveness, and yet I don't feel free to share all this because I guess I'm still protecting him. So I'm not sure how I can help people through a blog with this kind of material or at all with this kind of material. So I'd appreciate some direction. Thank you. Well, Julie, I appreciate your transparency and, and the authenticity of your question. I'm grieved with you about what transpired there. Certainly hard to be a winner in that kind of a situation, but I encourage you to, to move on. And yes, I think you can very compassionately move into that space. But now here's the balance that you have to have. If you, well, I'll, I'll tell you how I, work with publishers when we're writing, uh, when I'm writing a book, they welcome a degree of descriptive content, meaning I'm sharing my own story. But what they also have to see is prescriptive. So we have that delicate balance between descriptive and prescriptive. What can the reader do to move forward? 
And in your case, and a lot of people who have gone through horrific personal experiences, write a book where it's just, they bear all and it hurts a lot of people. I know a young lady who did that. She was sexually abused by family members, a couple of them. And she wrote a book and I mean, went through every detail. Now didn't identify them by name, but obviously anybody, I happen to know the family and even without names being mentioned, it's pretty easy to identify the players that she was pinpointing. And it pretty much destroyed, you know, family relationships all across the board. I'm not sure there's enough value to be gained from doing that and somehow helping other people. I think she could have helped a lot of other people in that space without sharing as much of the details as she did. I think you can blog about this as a concept. I mean, most of us work in an area where we had personal pain. I mean, think about, you know, Dave Ramsey, you know, went through bankruptcy as a 26 year old and saw all the mistakes that he did. And he's made a very good living since then, helping other people avoid those same mistakes. I mean, I did the same kind of thing. I mean, being young and arrogant and thinking I had the Midas touch, moved into businesses, expanded too quickly and ended up, you know, under a mountain of debt that I had to come out of. And you hear me once in a while share a little bit of that, but I don't go very deeply into, you know, I've like, I've never mentioned the names of the partners that I had in that it's inconsequential. What I want to do is encourage people not to make the mistakes I did and to move on through that process. So yeah, I think you can do that. I think you can be a voice in that space, people who are hurting in their marriages. And I think you can be a real positive voice. And I would just caution you against sharing enough of the specific details that would identify any particular person and hurt them. And thanks for the question. And and thanks for your sensitivity and addressing that. Well, this comes from Rosemary, who says, I'm excited to start on this journey. I've been trying to find a way to develop a tunnel vision to focus on work that allows me to develop my passion. I want to use my experience as a single mother to help other single mothers. My blog will be a place where they can go for connecting with the community. I threw that one in there, Julie, just based on your situation. I mean, what uh, Rosemary is talking about, perhaps not quite as sensitive, but without going into any details at all. Just knowing that she's a single mom, no, she, she explains nothing about why she's a single mom, but she is in that situation now. Can she help other single moms? Absolutely. No problem at all moving into that space and being a voice of hope and encouragement for others who are going through that as well. This comes from Peggy, who says, my 23-year-old son was hit head on by a teenage driver back in December. He's been out of work since then and will likely never be able to do physical labor on a daily basis again. He wants to work, but can't figure out what to do. Internet access isn't available to him at his house, even if he could afford it. Any suggestions how to help him transition to a different career or just help him with the direction to pursue? He's had his EMT certification, but lifting patients into an ambulance is not something he can do. He does seem to have a gift of being able to sell things on Craigslist. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Well, I, again, golly, I'm so sorry for his situation. I mean, what a tragedy to a 23-year-old have a have an accident that leaves you limited in what you can do physically. Well, what I would do is simply take it, just kind of a 
a fresh look at what are the assets that he has? What are the things that he can do? I mean, we can identify the things that he can do. What are the things that he can do? Now, you, you said he's got the gift of being able to sell things on Craigslist. Now, I'm not sure how he's able to do that if he doesn't have Internet access available at his house. But I would encourage uh, as one of the ways to expand opportunities dramatically is, yeah, make sure that he gets Internet access. Now, if that's going to the library, you know, three days a week and jumping online, yeah, there are things that can be done even there. But certainly being able to buy things at a reasonable price and resell them is a very legitimate way to position yourself to make a whole lot of money. I mean, we have some people in the 48 Days community who are doing amazing things by just simply buying them, reselling them, where they're making not just a living, but, you know, making upwards of $200,000 a year. And I can give details on that if you want to know them or connect with some of those people. So that's certainly a possibility. I'm not sure how severe his physical limitations are. I mean, I just got back from spending a few days with some grandkids out in Colorado. On Friday of last week, we went to the farmer's market and my two little grandsons who are nine and 10 years old were set up with their little booth where they do customized wood plaques. Now they have, they live on property where there is an uh, there's an abundance of aspen trees. The aspen wood cuts pretty easily, has neat edges on it where the bark was. So they had these little pieces of wood that are 16 inches long with bark on the edges. And you could tell them what you wanted on there. So if I want Dan on there or Joanne, uh, they would simply sketch it out. They had mama helping them and, and Nana helping them write out the names on there and they would use a router. They'd put it in a vice, use a router and simply route out the name. Roughly done. It was done by nine and 10 years old. They weren't using stencils, but it was really cute and people loved it. Now they were using wood that was on their property. Their dad helped them mill it down and get the pieces ready, plane it. So they did some advanced work, but in one short day, starting at about nine o'clock, and ending at one, these two little guys made 143 bucks. I mean, I love those kind of ideas. Um, th- I've actually got another example in that same space. The next day, my granddaughter Eliza was set up to be at another event that was going to take place. It was that was on Saturday, so it was a July 4th celebration. It was in one of the parking lots there in Woodland Park, Colorado. It's a small community but it was going to be set up there. Well, unfortunately, and it was supposed to run from, I think it was supposed to run from like 10 o'clock to three o'clock. Well, unfortunately at about 1030, there was a really, really violent storm that moved through. We were in a restaurant and thankful to be there because it hailed quite heavily and then rain, wind. Well, the vendors that were set up for the little market display, the little festival, most of them left. I mean, 90% of them left immediately. It was just a ruined day. You know, they lost their money. They paid for the event and it was, it was over with. Well, Eliza didn't. She stayed there. It rained off and on until about noon. Then it cleared up a little bit. And we've got some really cute pictures of Eliza, 15 years old with her little canopy set up and she was doing face painting. She was doing face painting. Now, again, keep in mind, visualize this one little white tent sitting in an empty parking lot, and it was empty. There were no other vendors around. There was nothing to draw a crowd at all. She continued not up until 3 o'clock, but at 4 o'clock, 
she still had a line in place for her face painting, and she made $422 face painting in one day, just sticking it out. I love the example of her uh, persistence when everybody else left. She just stayed there. I don't know where the people came from, frankly. I don't know how they saw her, but apparently word spread. Where'd you get that done? She does these really cute little cat faces and things on kids, but she had grownups. She had elderly people coming by. Can I get my face done? I mean, $422. When you think about that, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, you'd have to be making $12 an hour and work 40 hours a week to bring home that much money. So in, in one short day, she made as much as a lot of people, adults make working a week, but it's, Finding something creative that you can put legs on and do that. So hopefully your son can do that. Even if he's limited from going to a regular job you know, where he can't show up at eight o'clock and leave at five o'clock, it doesn't matter. I mean, that, that in fact, in some ways may be a blessing that he can't do that. He may find a better opportunity because of having to really look at what it is that he does that has unique value and move from that. You know, I'll send you a copy I'll make a note right here now. I'll send you a copy of my 48 low or no cost business ideas. I'll make a note to get that to you pronto or we'll get that sent out. And that'll maybe stimulate your thinking. Those are real simple ideas where you start with no money but have good income potential. Now this comes from Thomas and he, he identified at the top awkward question. He says, Dan, I ask you a question that you graciously addressed a couple of episodes ago on how to prepare my kids in spite of the public school system. Uh, Thanks for addressing it. I look forward to hearing more from your network related to this topic. My question in this email is what I would consider to be an awkward one that so many people don't want to address. I worked up to very recently as a personal trainer, so I'm very aware of how this issue impacts the overall picture in someone's life. It seems that most of the emphasis in career development tends to go to the mental aspects of developing skills when often the reason that people don't present or interview well can be related to the impression they physically project. The question is, how do you feel someone's physical condition and in particular their weight and posture affect their self-confidence and in a resulting way their career? And depending on this answer, what are the best ways you suggest to train and improve these areas? Thanks a lot, Dan. I truly appreciate that you tackle tough questions. Well, I think it is immensely important and immensely connected how somebody feels about themselves, how they hold their head back, how they walk, how they look at other people, connect with them, and ultimately how their career is successful. There is a connection between how they look, and you can do a ton in that as a performance coach, presentation coach, etiquette coach. I mean, years and years ago, I worked fresh out of college, the Ohio State University with a degree in psychology. I worked, my title was an adjunctive therapist at Harding Hospital in Worthington, Ohio. So we had all of these programs. People were there 24 hours a day. So it was an in-house residential kind of treatment program. And we had these massive programs of therapy, psychoanalysis, and so on. Joanne, my young a wife with me, the psychiatrist saw her relating to some of the patients and she started working with some of the women on just manners and etiquette. She took women who were crushed because of their life experiences, 
and whatever, and would help them with makeup, would take them shopping for wardrobe, would show them how to sit, stand, walk with confidence. And a psychiatrist was saying, my gosh, the work that Joanne was doing with them had way more to do with their healing process than what they were doing with the therapy. I mean, I'm totally a believer in this, in this place. You know, just recently, uh, Thomas, I had, uh, I had kind of a strange little accident. I was playing with my granddaughters. We were downtown Nashville at a new park and I was chasing one of my granddaughters. She taunted me and by golly, I can catch her. I'm her granddad, but I can catch her. I started running. I was running flat out and she rounded a corner. I did as well. And the sidewalk came up kind of dramatically up toward a landscaped area. And with the changing in elevation, whatever, I lost my balance and I face planted. I really face planted. If you saw pictures of me, uh, you would look away. And that's part of my point. I had straight down my forehead. My nose was swollen, bruised, and bloody. My upper lip was broken open. Big, big scab right on my upper lip. My chin was cut open. Scabs there. So straight down my face, I had really, really big, nasty looking scabs. And I was, um, now I, I wasn't in a lot of pain. That happened on a Wednesday. So by Friday, I looked pretty horrendous. And I had some stops to make. Uh, so I'd stop in Whole Foods. And I was really made aware quickly how people would avoid making eye contact with me. Whereas normally, you know, I have a lot of eye contact. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Nice day. I was amazed at how quickly people would avoid eye contact and look the other way. And I really got a little tiny glimpse of what it must be like to have a disability or disfiguration of some kind. Now, fortunately, I heal really quickly. There's kind of more to the story there, but I healed very quickly. And so that was a very temporary kind of thing. But, you know, we, we do a lot of performance coaching in our coaching mastery program. I mean, how to walk, talk, look, wardrobe, chewing gum, stance, filler words. I mean, I'm brutally honest with people because those things can help them so much in moving forward on their success. And a lot of times you see people, you know, who are making, making flagrant errors in that arena. And you think, why didn't somebody tell them, you know, that they say actually six times every minute, you know, as a filler word and they're standing on stage and they have, they're standing and they have their legs crossed over, you know, or their arms folded, you know, just those subtle kind of things destroy somebody's credibility and they're very easy to correct. Well, anyway, hey, I wish you well in doing that. I encourage you, absolutely position yourself as that kind of a performance coach. We'll refer people to you because it's desperately needed. I have a lady scheduled to come into our Coaching Mastery event that we're having here in November. Now, that's a closed event, only open to our Coaching Mastery students, but I have a lady coming in who is exactly that. She's a performance coach because, you know, there are people who I see them and I think, you know, I don't care what they know. I don't care how much they understand about the dynamics of coaching. Nobody is going to take them seriously because of the way they look. Well, we're going to help them with that. We're going to help them present themselves professionally. And believe me, you know, I dress very casually. I'm not talking about wearing a three-piece suit and a necktie. Good grief. That's the last thing in the world I want to do. But I'm talking about 
being professional in your stance, how you look, how you shake hands, all those things. Yeah, I think it's a very, very important issue. Well, hey, after that, a good point to just to remind you, you're listening to questions here, real life questions from listeners just like you. If you've got a question, you can like to include it in an upcoming show. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan. You'll see an opportunity there to write out your question. Or you can just shoot it to askdan at 48days.com. Or there are multiple places on our site where you'll see a little microphone pop up over on the side. And with the magic technology that we have today, you can just click on that and just start talking. I mean, pretty much any computer these days has a built-in mic and you can just start talking. It'll ask you if that's the way you want to leave it before you submit it and all that. But it's a great way to, to share your question or success story as well. Um, well, I'm already conscious of time here. Let me glance over a couple things here. Well, let's go with this. Randy says, I've been listening to your podcast for two months, found it very positive and encouraging. I had heard you mention on several occasions that writing eBooks is a great way to begin the path of being a coach. I began looking for the subject topic in Amazon that I wanted to write about and found that a Kindle book existed for the subject I wanted to cover. After reviewing the summary of the author's book, it was much more detailed and covered more points than I had considered and nearly 80 pages of information. Seeing this discouraged me and makes me wonder whether I should press on with this subject. I know there will always be competition in the book markets, but what would be the best tactic at making my approach unique that would stand out? Great question, Randy. And let me assure you right off the bat, don't ever worry about there already being content in your area. You'll never do anything that's truly original. I mean, the the death toll in talking to a publisher about your book proposal is to say, this has never been written about before. I mean, any publisher will chase you out of their office if you claim that to be true. It is not true. I mean, look at the books that were written on uh, work productivity, how to do more work in less time. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of books in that. And then all of a sudden, Tim Ferriss comes out with four-hour work week. Boom. Absolute home run. It's a unique title. It really grabs you. I mean, 48 Days to the Work You Love. When I wrote that book, you could walk in any bookstore. There's going to be 75, 80 books on the shelves about how to find work that you love, how to get a job, how to start a business, how to identify your passion and purpose. I mean, all those books were there. I came out. 48 days to the work you love. People are like, wow, you mean I really can find or identify work that I want in 48 days? Yes, you can if you create a plan and act on it. And that's going on, of course, to be, you know, rather successful. You know, look at all the books that have been written about weight loss. I mean, my gosh, there must be thousands of books on diet and weight loss. In 2005, that's 10 years ago, somebody wrote a book called Skinny Bitch. Now, whatever you think about the title, it gets your attention, doesn't it? It's not just one more book on good nutrition and weight loss exercise. No, Skinny Bitch. Boom. 10 years later, that thing is Today, I looked up the ranking a minute ago, it's at 6,365. And believe me, that means the book is selling lots of copies 10 years later because it just stood out from all the other, all the other content. Well, 
and I want to move on. I'm going to play you a little clip here. Now, this is a really short clip. Daryl Johnson II sent us a clip some time ago, about a four-minute little video music compilation with a really strong point in. He's done another one that he titles Safe and Secure. I'll put a link in the show notes to this because you really need to go watch this. It's four minutes long, and it's astounding how he's combined video of animals in a zoo and then the eagle, and you'll get the kind of dichotomy. And he, he talks about the dangers of being safe, but what you might miss, you can be taken care of but miss the ability to fly. I'm going to play you just a one minute clip of that and then a link to that so you can go watch the whole thing yourself. The winter will fade into a clear blue sky and far up and away, the eagles will fly. While they soar through the expanse, taking center stage, the zoo animals will watch from inside of the cage. You see, while comfort guaranteed surely seems nice, safety and security come at a price. Even if the gates were opened and they were all set free, I really wonder what their life would be. For after all those years of comfort and simplicity, they've lost their ability to survive life free. It seems that many of us humans know this feeling too, because many of us have created our own little zoo. As the captive lion has lost its roar, many of us also are empty at the core. Just like the tiger that's lost its groove, afraid of the unknown, we stand still, afraid to move. There's a whole world out there if we're willing to explore, but instead we insist on a guaranteed floor. But dear friend, you must never forget that if you insist on that high floor, the ceiling will surely lower by that much more. Yes. Well, I'm going to stop it there. It, it really is remarkable. Oh, you've, you've done just an amazing job. I'm so inspired and impressed by your combination of great video and music to kind of emphasize that. And it's so compelling and engaging, but it really lays out the dangers of being safe and secure. And I am in, going to encourage all of you, Again, I'll put a, a link right to that video so you can find it in the show notes. Hey, I'm going to do one more question. And that's going to be it for today. This comes from Danny who says, my younger brother is living his dreams and I feel pretty terrible because I am not, I don't even know how to begin. I just stumbled across your website because at one, one, one minute after one o'clock AM, knowing full well, I have to wake up at 7 AM to go to work tomorrow. I feel a sinking depression in the pit of my belly and in my heart. It gets heavier every day. Now I'm trying to make up for lost time at the age of 27 by trying to start a venture, something I've wanted to do for a while. However, with a massive student loan debt and with my meager salary, I honestly feel trapped. I'm not sure what to do. And I know other graduates probably feel my pain. Is there any hope for us? Is there any room left for entrepreneurs in my circumstances? Where do we start? Oh my gosh. Danny, if you wake up at 27 years old and realize you need to listen to your dreams, create a plan and act, you still will be way ahead of most of your peers. I mean, I talked to lots of people who strolled through life and they're asking the questions you're asking, but now they're 55 and 60 years old. Don't think you've missed your window of opportunity. You can do astounding things. Now, let me give you a couple examples. My, my son, Jared. You hear me talk about him frequently. We wrote the book together, Wisdom Meets Passion. At 27, he woke up and said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to stop living the life I've been living. 
He'd made some poor decisions. Lots of things. I won't go into all the details, but believe me, he was not on track by anybody's standards. 27 years old, he simply woke up one morning and said, okay, that's over. I'm going to change my life. And he did. I mean, he's been in Africa and now is in Costa Rica. This week, he's going to be speaking at the Do Lectures in Costa Rica. Now, this is a big deal. The Do Lectures are somewhat comparable to the TED Talks, but they're very exclusive. Uh, There are going to be 15 presenters at this, and these are seasoned internationally known people. He's speaking there um, in Miramar in Costa Rica. It's a resort on the Pacific side of Costa Rica. Now, a couple things that I want to share with you as a resource here. I want you to look up the book on Amazon. It's a brand new book. Jamie Borromeo wrote it. She lives on Hawaii. I've talked to her, may have her on here as a, as a guest for a little segment because her book is so profound. Her book brand new is titled young educated and broke an introduction to America's new poor. She identifies with having massive debt like you do and looking for a way out. Another thing I would love to have you come to escaping Shawshank the event we're doing in August. Let's see. You are in, uh, I don't see your address here. I'm not sure where you're from, but the event is in, Ohio. God, talk to me about that. I, I'll tell you what, I, I can give you uh, a significant discount on our escaping Shawshank event. If you would commit to come, it's going to be two days, actually almost three, where we're going to walk you through what is holding you back. What is keeping you in the prison that you've created for yourself? How can you walk out of that prison and into the life that you've been dreaming about? And it really doesn't matter if you have massive debt. I mean, you can overcome that. I don't know what massive means, but uh, I've overcome massive debt by getting clear on what I'm moving to. And that's where you are. You need to get clear on what you're moving to. You know what you're moving from, but that's where the discouragement, frustration, depression, anger, guilt, all those negative emotions, they will keep festering if you keep looking at where you've been. As soon as you get clear on what you're moving to, you'll see optimism, hope, confidence, all those things will start to explode. That's where we want to help you get. That's the direction you're going. Hey, thanks for being part of this community where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, productive, and profitable. Stuck in the J-O-B. Can someone set me free? I've had enough of this. This life is meaningless. These hours don't pay enough. This work is just so tough. I need to get away. The clock is ticking, so don't delay. It's gonna take. Oh, it's gonna take all you've got